Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. On pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold. And you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. Folks, let's start over here. A good old Wikipedia. So we're looking at Henry Alexander Murray. And so you folks uh, know, you know, if you're just tuning in, this is the professor who manipulated the mind of the Unabomber Ted Kaczynski back when Kaczynski was going to Harvard University from 1958 to 1962. He started going there when he was 16 years old. And the story goes that he volunteered for this psychological profiling program and henry murray manipulated at least we know 22 young folks at harvard's mines okay while they were there and i'm going to show you exactly who henry murray was and uh, why he was doing this so he uh, worked for harvard as you'll see and then he went and worked for the oss the office of strategic services which was the precursor to the cia and then he went back into Harvard and he was running these mind control experiments at the same time that the CIA was running MK Ultra. All right, so we'll try to connect all these pieces together for you. But there's some other interesting information that came up on Henry Murray. He was a big proponent of the World Federalist Society, which developed the World Constitution, and when we've covered that here on the show, but I'm going to loop that back in and tie these pieces together for you. And uh, they were advocating for a one-world government. Henry Murray was big into this one-world government idea. So you had this guy who worked for uh, Harvard University receiving grants from the Rockefellers, from the CIA, you'll see that. Um, then goes over to Office of Strategic Services, played a huge part over there in developing the techniques used to assess men who were recruits for what would be the precursor to CIA intelligence officers. And his assessment that he created, this uh, protocol, has been now used inside corporations to pick managers help select managers and groom managers to run these uh, corporations and all the programs that we know that have helped build the technocratic prison planet system that we find ourselves living in so this guy was very instrumental in this meanwhile while he's working for oss you're talking about high levels of intelligence here and he was also part of the military while he's doing that this guy is advocating for a one world government 
you figure that would be strange. Would that be treason? No, it was not treason. It was not sedition because our government was actually behind it. We were pushing for it at a time that we were fighting, as the story goes, uh, Adolf Hitler to stop him from spreading one world fascism. We were over here building out a one world government. Uh, setting up the Brent Woods Convention to set up the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank. Meanwhile, putting together the United Nations. Uh, while this is going on, we've got the Marshall Plan running while we're trying to go in and basically take over Europe, industrialize Europe, bring in American mass production, mass pro- uh, consumption models. Oh, yeah, folks. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's insanity. So you could look at Honestly, the United States as the muscle for the Rockefellers. You know, we could eventually tie, you know, what Israel does into this as well. But the United States is the muscle for the Rockefellers. Uh, England's part of this. And we're just spreading industrialization, technological system, prison planet. And when you read about the Rockefellers, they actually openly talk about using propaganda techniques, psychological operations, controlled opposition, brainwashing, mind control to basically corral everyone, all humans, under their system of power and control. And as we know, the founder of Technocracy Incorporated, really the beginning of putting the ideas of technocracy down on paper, was Howard Scott, who was buddies with Frank Vanderlip, who was part of the Jekyll Island crew that set up the Federal Reserve Banking System, our central bank right here in the United States. All that's going on while you have Franklin Roosevelt, you know, 30 years later, pushing the New Deal, which was developed out of Columbia University at the same time that Technocracy Inc. was growing out of Columbia University. We know the Rockefellers were funding Columbia University. So the New Deal comes out of Columbia University from what was called FDR's Brain Trust. This was a group that he put together while he was governor of New York and he was running for president. And his top guy there, Rexford Guy Tugwell, who we covered here on the show before, was working on the World Constitution, which comes from the World federalist society which this guy henry murray was a big fan of all right big circle i brought you all the way back around you see how all these pieces fit together folks i'm trying to figure out the best way if we ever wanted to tell the full story it's either a 50-part documentary series a book a giant map that shows all the connections uh or you just keep talking about it like this So let's start with Wikipedia. It says Henry Alexander Murray. He's born May 13th, 1893. He dies June 23rd, 1988. We have an article from when he died. We're going to go through that because there's a lot of great tidbits there. Uh, Henry was an American psychologist at Harvard University, where from 1959 to 1962, he conducted a series of psychologically damaging and purposefully abusive experiments on minors and undergraduate students, one of whom uh, was Ted Kaczynski, later known as the Unabomber. It has been suggested that Murray's work with Kaczynski helped consolidate the personal beliefs and worldviews that culminated in Kaczynski's later actions as the Unabomber. Uh, Murray was director of the Harvard Psychological Clinic in the School of Arts and Sciences after 1930. So he was the director of the Harvard Psychological Clinic. All right. Murray developed a theory of personality called personology 
based on, quote, need, end quote, and, quote, press, end quote. Murray was also a co-developer with Christiana Morgan of the thematic apperception test. It was called TAT, T-A-T, which he referred to as, quote, the second bestseller that Harvard ever published, second only to the Harvard Dictionary of Music, end quote. Now, let's just go uh, quickly here. I want to look at um, his early life and education, and we're going to bounce forward to the article when he died. We're going to kind of reference some of this Wikipedia stuff back and forth. It says, uh, Murray was born in New York City into a wealthy family of Henry Alexander Murray Sr. and Fanny Morris Babcock, daughter of financier Samuel Dennison Babcock. Murray had an older sister and a younger brother, Carver and Shire. Note that, quote, he got on well with his father, but had a poor relationship with his mother, end quote, resulting in a deep-seated feeling of depression. They hypothesized that the disruption of this relationship led Murray to be especially aware of people's needs and their importance as underlying determinants of behavior. So this guy had uh, mommy issues, folks. I've heard of daddy issues. He had mommy issues. It was on to say, after Groton School, he attended Harvard University, where he majored in history while competing in football, rowing, and boxing. His academic pursuits at Harvard were lacking, but at Columbia University, he excelled in medicine, completed his MD, and also received an MA in biology in 1919. For the following two years, he was an instructor in physiology at Harvard. He received his doctorate in biochemistry from the University of Cambridge in 1928 at 35 years old. In 1916, Murray married at age 23. In 1923, after seven years of marriage, he met and fell in love with Christiana Morgan. He experienced a serious conflict as he did not want to leave his wife, Josephine. This was a turning point in Murray's life as it raised his awareness of conflicting needs, the pressure that can result in the links to motivation. Carver and Shire note that it was Morgan who was, quote, fascinated by the psychology of Carl Jung, end quote, and it was a result of her urging that he met Carl Jung in Switzerland. He described Jung as, quote, the first full-blooded spherical and Gothian, I would say, intelligence I had, never, uh, I had ever met, end quote. He was analyzed by him and studied his works, quote, the experience of bringing a problem the psychologist receiving an answer that seemed to work had a great impact on Murray, leading him to seriously consider psychology as a career. End quote. Now, let's take a look here uh, at his professional career. It's going to be important now because uh, we are going to bounce back and forth, but I, I think I should set this up using Wikipedia because it, it's, it's fairly accurate based on everything I read. So let's lay the foundation and then uh, we'll go deeper into this. It said, uh, during his uh, period at Harvard, Murray sat in on lectures by Alfred North Whitehead, whose process philosophy marked his philosophical and metaphysical thinking throughout his professional career. In 1927, at the age of 33, Murray became assistant director of Harvard 
psychological clinic. He developed the concepts of latent needs, not openly displayed, manifest needs observed in people's actions, press, that's external influences on motivation, and thema, a pattern of press and need that coalesces around particular interactions. Murray collaborated with Stanley Cobb, Bullard Professor of Neuropathology at the medical school, to introduce psychoanalysis into the Harvard curriculum, but to keep those who taught it away from the decision-making apparatus in Vienna. He and Cobb set the stage for the founding of the Boston Psychoanalytical Society after 1931, but both were excluded from membership on political grounds. In 1935, Murray and Morgan developed the concept of apperception and the assumption that everyone's thinking is shaped by subjective processes, the rationale behind the thematic apperception test. They used the term apperception to refer to this process of projecting fantasy imagery onto an objective stimulus. You know, this guy was big into uh, playing around with the mind, folks. Big, big on this stuff. And um, from what I gather, this guy was basically an agent of the Rockefellers his entire career. Goes on to say, in 1937, Murray became director of the Harvard Psychological Clinic. In 1938, he published Explorations and Personality, a classic in psychology, which includes a description of the thematic apperception test. In 1938, Murray acted as a consultant for the British government, setting up the Officer Selection Board. Murray's work at the Harvard Psychological Clinic enabled him to apply his theories in the design of the selection processes with a situation test, an assessment based on practical tasks and activities, an analysis of specific criteria, for instance, leadership, but a number of raters across a range of activities. Results were pooled to achieve an overall assessment. All right, so now, during World War II, Murray goes over to Office of Strategic Services, and this is from 1939 to 1945. It says here, during World War II, Murray left Harvard and worked as a lieutenant colonel for the Office of Strategic Services, OSS. James Miller, in charge of the selection of secret agents at the OSS during World War II said the situation test was used by British War Officer Selection Board and OSS to assess potential agents. Now, I don't know if they're going to mention in here, but um, I've also read, and I don't think I'm going to pull that article up tonight because I'd have to read too much to explain it. They also were taking a lot of the ideas uh, from the Germans, believe it or not. So it says here, in 1943, Murray helped complete analysis of the personality of Adolf Hitler, commissioned by OSS boss General William Wild Bill Donovan. You guys probably have heard of him. Eventually, I'll, I'll do some shows on him. It says the report was done in collaboration with psychoanalyst Walter C. Langer, Ernst Chris, New School for Social Research, and Bertram D. Lewin, New York uh, psychoanalytic institute the report used many sources to profile hitler including informants such as ernst han fastingi Hermann rauschen princess stephanie von hobel gregor stasser friedland wagner and kurt ludek the groundbreaking study was the pioneer of offender profiling and political psychology 
sorry, psychology, psychology. In addition to predicting that Hitler would choose suicide if defeat for Germany was near, Murray's collaborative report stated that Hitler was impotent as far as heterosexual relations were concerned, and there was a possibility that Hitler had participated in a homosexual relationship. The report stated, quote, the belief that Hitler is homosexual has probably developed from the fact that he does show so many feminine characteristics and from the fact that there were so many homosexuals in the party during the early days, and many continue to occupy important positions. It is probably true that Hitler called Albert Forster Bubby, which is a common nickname employed by homosexuals in addressing their partners. Well, that's good to know, folks. So Adolf Hitler was a homosexual, which means if Hitler is still alive, living down in Argentina, he's got a pretty good chance of uh, running for president of the United States. I don't know, though. Homosexual may not work anymore. You might have to go full transgender. You got to go for the old snip talk if you want to run for president in this country. We are enlightened. We are progressive. We are open-minded here in the United States. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. Let's pick this right up, folks. So um, Murray then returns to Harvard. And he's running these human experiments from 1959 to 1962. So the official narrative goes. It says in 1947... He returned to Harvard as a chief researcher, lectured and established with others the psycho, uh, the sorry, the psychological clinic annex. From late 1959 to 1962, Murray was responsible for unethical experiments in which he used 22 Harvard undergraduates as research subjects. We call those guinea pigs, folks. Among other goals, experiments sought to measure individuals' responses to extreme stress. The unwitting undergraduates were submitted to what Murray called, quote, vehement, sweeping, and person, uh, personally abusive, end quote, attacks, specifically tailored assaults to their egos, cherished ideas, and beliefs were used to cause high levels of stress and distress. The subjects then viewed recorded footage of their reactions to this verbal abuse repeatedly. Among the subjects was 17-year-old Ted Kaczynski, a mathematician who went on to be known as the Unabomber. You know him. A domestic terrorist who targeted academics and technologists for 17 years. Um, are, how could you be a terrorist against the terrorists? What is a terrorist fighting terrorists? Oh, yes. We used to call those freedom fighters. <laughs> that, that, was a term, that was a term we used to use. Don't worry. We're funding the freedom fighters. What are they? They're terrorists fighting terrorists. Which terrorists? Well, the ones we don't like. 
The enemy of my terrorist is my terrorist. I don't know how it goes, folks. Austin Chase's book. Austin Chase is the article that we just reviewed coming out of the Atlantic there from 2000. So it's Austin Chase's book, Harvard and the Unabomber, The Education of an American Terrorist, connects Kaczynski's abusive experiences under Murray to his later criminal career. In 1960, Timothy Leary started research in psychedelic drugs at Harvard, which Murray is said to have supervised. All right, and we know uh, Timothy Leary was getting that LSD from Sidney Gottlieb over at the CIA, although they claim that Timothy Leary did not know that. Goes on to say some sources have suggested that Murray's experiments were part of or indemnified by the United States government's research into mind control known as the MKUltra Project. Now, as far as I've seen, folks, there's no definitive evidence uh, because we know a lot of the MK Ultra documents were destroyed by Sidney Gottlieb at the direction of, you know, Alan Dulles, head of the CIA and others. Uh, and they destroyed a lot of that. But if you look at the funding that Harvard was getting at the time from another scandal that broke, we'll look at that. And then you look at what we know Sidney Gottlieb was doing based on the official documents that were declassified. You can draw the conclusion that Harvard was being funded by the CIA to run these experiments. I mean, it's pretty evident, folks. Uh, And I'll show you that momentarily. Uh, Let's just look. Retirement and death. It says in 1962, Murray... Uh, became emeritus professor and earned the Distinguished Scientific Contribution Award from the American Psychological Association and the Gold Medal Award for Lifetime Achievement from the American Psychological Foundation. Murray died from pneumonia at the age of 95. How do we know it wasn't COVID, folks? It could have been COVID. Uh, Murray was a leading authority on the works of American author Herman Melville and amassed a collection of books, manuscripts, and artifacts relating to Melville, which he donated to the Berkshire uh, Athenaeum in Pittsfield, Massachusetts. Wow, what a, what a great philanthropist. And um, let's just look at this real quick. This is a personology, and this is important because it's going to come up in some other stuff we're going to review. It says, uh, Murray's theory of personality, also called personology, is explained in his book, Explorations and Personality, written in 1938. Murray's system of needs is an important part of the personological system and developed while personality theory in psychology was becoming dominated by the statistics of trait theory. Personology was a holistic approach that studied the person at many levels of complexity all at the same time by an interdisciplinary team of investigators. Remember, folks, a lot of this stuff was funded by the Rockefellers. At the time, they're trying to figure out how to play with people's minds, how to mind control, use propaganda to basically corral all the sheep into their prison planet system. We'll get into some of that with Wide Awake Jim. So uh, don't just think that old Murray was sitting at Harvard doing this for no reason. Uh, while he's also doing it in conjunction with the CIA and building out of work that he did for the precursor Office of Strategic Services. Goes on to say, according to Murray's ideas, an individual's personality develops dynamically as each person responds to complex elements in her or his specific environment. Murray viewed an individual's entire life as one unit and pointed out that although a specific element of a person's life can be studied through psychology, this studied 
episode gives an incomplete picture of the entire life unit. To properly analyze the entire life cycle, Murray favored a narrative approach to studying personality, which he called personology. The personological system has been used as an approach for multiple academic disciplines, philosophy, humanism, biological chemistry, and societal and cultural studies. Murray divided personology into five principles. One, cerebral physiology, rooted in the brain, governs all aspects of personality. Two, people act to reduce psychological and physiological tension to gain satisfaction but do not strive to be tension free and rather cycle between seeking excitement activity and movement in their lives and then relaxing number three an individual's personality continues to develop over time and is influenced by all of the events that occur over a person's lifetime number four personality is not fixed and it can change and progress And five, each person has some unique characteristics and others which are shared by everyone. Murray's theory of personality is rooted in psychoanalysis, and the chief business and aim of personality is the reconstruction of the individual's past life experiences in order to explain their present behavior, or manipulate it is uh, what I think, folks. To study personality, Murray used free association and dream analysis to bring unconscious material to light. Murray's personality theories have been questioned by some psychologists and extended by others, such as David McClellan. And finally, folks... So, and so as you can see what's going on here, why, why were we doing all this anyway? What, 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 What are these people so interested and understanding people's minds, folks. It's, it's to manipulate the mind. It's to manipulate the mind. They haven't cured anyone. They haven't helped anyone. It's always about manipulating. Manipulation, folks. Legacy. It says Murray's identification of psychological needs, the Murray system of needs, including achievement, affiliation, and power, 1938. Now, where do you think Ted Kaczynski developed the idea of the power process? Well, I think what he discovered, based on some research I was doing into Murray's system of needs, which I'm not going to go into detail on this stuff, but um, because I could spend multiple shows on it, was Kaczynski actually figured out that Murray was trying to take away uh, people's true power process and replace it with mind-numbing surrogate activities that Ted Kaczynski talks about. So Kaczynski was actually advocating for the opposite of what murray was teaching so it goes in to say uh, including achievement affiliation and power this was written in 1938 provided the theoretical basis for the later research of david mcclellan and underpins development of competency-based models of management effectiveness such as richard boisetti's mcclellan uh, Boatzies and Spencer went on to found the McBurr Consultancy. However, Murray's contribution is rarely acknowledged in contemporary academic literature. Explora- explorations in personality underlying principles were later adopted by AT&T in the development of the Assessment Center methodology, now widely used to assess management potential in both private and public sector organizations. And you'll see this exploration and personality ties into assessment of men, 
which is this 565-page document I got a hold of, which Murray was in charge of putting together for the precursor to the CIA, the OSS. And that has now been used, folks, inside of companies for many years to decide how they're going to pick managers. And I mentioned in past shows, probably over the last couple of shows, you ask yourself how we end up with all of the sheep in management roles who guide the rest of the sheep who work in the cubicles to continue to build out the technological prison planet. No one questions it. No one asks what's going on. Look, a lot of you have been sending me pictures of smart poles going up in your cities, in your towns, in the suburbs. You're saying, who's doing this? Folks, it's not aliens coming in in the dark of the night installing the smart poles. It was not aliens installing those while they had us locked down in the early days of COVID land, the high school theater production. Those are your neighbors. Those are your friends. Those are installers who work for Comcast, AT&T, Frontier, other companies. They're going out and they're putting up these smart poles, some of which have carbon meters. They've got noise machines in them that can blast your eardrums out. They're recording everything. They're taking in data. They're 5G replicators. Uh, they've got all types of technology on these poles. They could basically put anything they want into them. Uh, guarantee they'll be used to track your phone better. They'll be able to ping you anywhere you are. It'll be part of the central bank digital currency structure, uh, infrastructure. So th- these are the kind of people being hired for positions utilizing techniques developed by henry murray that's how influential this guy is in today his systems are being used to select the robots that are going out there i'm talking about the human robots the androids the npcs that are going out and building this technological prison planet around themselves folks think about that for a moment when we get back let's look at um this paper that was written around Henry Murray's death, all right, around his death. It was written in the New York Times. I want to explain to you uh, what that all means, and then we're going to start to dissect all of the operations that he was running for the OSS. I'm going to show you the overlap between MKUltra and what he was doing over at Harvard. We're going to start to put all these pieces together because it all it all fits in, folks. And as we move forward, I'm going to start to talk more about the Rockefellers. You're going to see all this comes together, this technocratic prison planet system, transhumanism, everything grows out of this Rockefeller system of control ladies and gentlemen i'll be right back this is dust gold with the dust gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold 